This is episode 17 of Transform with Yayati with life coach from Chennai, India, Pooja Puneet. Welcome to Transform with Yayati. My name is Yayati Desai and I'm going to be your host for this show. I'm a coach and a speaker. I love coaching and helping people. My mission in life is to transform lives. Each week, I bring an inspiring person or message to transform your life and help you live the life of your dreams. Pooja Puneet is India's top certified life coach. Trained under the world's best coaches like Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy, she's passionate about giving people a step-by-step process to design a life that they love. Pooja does one-to-one coaching. She leads seminars and workshops and also works as a motivational speaker. She recently launched her book called Unlocking the Golden Cage. So let's unlock our conversation with Pooja Puneet. Hi Pooja, welcome to Transform with Yayati. Hi Yayati. Well, it's such a pleasure to finally see you. We've talked a lot over the phone, but finally getting to see you, it's, it's an honor. And all thanks to Patty Aubrey and Jack Canfield for getting us connected, even though both of us are in India, but it is through the US that the connection happened. And I'm truly grateful to both of them for connecting us because it's because of them that we are talking today. So true. And it's such a pleasure to be here today and to, and I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. God bless. Thank you so much. So let's start with your journey as a coach or even before that, what is it that inspired you to take this journey and uh, doing what you're doing today? Actually, I needed help about 10, 15 years ago because I got married suddenly at the age of 18 and got lost over the five years of the first five years of my marriage. I realized that there must be a better way and I started to seek that. And that's when self-help books came into my life. And as I read them, I found them so powerful because I would implement small things and I would see big changes in my life. And I think from there on, when I started to help myself, one of the things that automatically started happening is when you go for a good dinner, you want everyone to go and have that dinner. When you go for a good movie, you want everyone to enjoy the movie. So the same thing, when I would read a good book, I would start to distribute and I saw other lives changing. So I think the journey very much started with me really helping myself. Hmm. So what, what is that one thing that, or maybe a couple of things, but what, what was the most important thing that you had to learn or you wanted to learn at that point of time? What was the biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? I think my number one challenge was taking responsibility. Somewhere growing up, I thought, you know, my dad will fix it. My husband will fix it. Someone will fix my life for me or someone will help me create it. So I think when I learned that, oh, I'm the one in charge and I need to make everything happen and I need to stop blaming and complaining and take responsibility. I think that was truly one of the most powerful lessons right in the beginning that I got. And that's when I said, you know what, enough is enough and made the decision that, you know, Wrong or right, I'm going to make my life something. And I think that's where it started out. So for anybody watching, yes, definitely. First thing you need to do is first take control of your life. Hmm. 
And I think that is the first principle of our mutual man- mentor, Jack Canfield, taking 100% responsibility for your life. It all starts there. Yes. You know, till that point, we just keep, you know, looking for solutions outside while all of it is inside. Right, right. And so after you started this journey of helping yourself and you ultimately help yourself and you also started helping others. So in that process, you came up with a beautiful name, Life by Design. So talk to me about that. What is Life by Design? Um, great you asked that. It's been, a, it's been a long time since I created that whole umbrella, but it came from the whole 100% responsibility concept. Up until that point, I was going on being told that, you know what, this is your destiny, accept it. Because I got married young, I had children really fast, I never got education. So, everybody, every time I would speak to somebody, they would keep on saying, accept it, you know, be okay with it. Now that it's happened, you know, sacrifice, tolerate, whatever those words were. And I wasn't like that. I was ambitious and I wanted to make a difference in people's life and I wanted to earn money and I wanted my own identity. So there was a lot of desires and every time I was being told to crush those desires. So I think the name Life by Design came from when I started to do things and actually the universe started to support me. I was like, wow, there is another way. We don't have to accept our destiny. Yes, things will happen to us, but how we react is way more important than what is actually happening to us. So then I started to, you know, when I started to believe that actually this marriage has helped me and not been against me the marriage improved to a 10 on 10 level and the kind of support i started to get so it's all the mindset so then i started to keep this name and anytime anybody walked into my office the first thing i would ask him do you believe that you can design your life because if you don't believe it's very hard for you to do that so a lot of times i get into conflict with this name also where people are like but what about my aunt getting cancer or what about that accident and i say i'm not saying the universe will stop doing things to you. But your response is the part I'm asking you to design. So through every uh, step that you take on a chess board, you get to respond to the person, to the opponent. Same way you play chess with God. So that was pretty much where Life by Design got created. Right. So God will make his moves and you take the best moves that you can with what you have. And as you keep going higher in vibration, I feel like the whole universe starts to support you rather than be against you. Hmm. So when that starts to happen, at one point, the entire opponent's team will start to want to be in your favor and become your cheerleader. And that's when all the magic happens. It takes a little while to get there, but it's amazing once you're there. Like, you know, I mean, I truly believe today that every step God takes is for me. Sometimes I may not understand that step. But now my blind faith in the universe is uh, just takes, carries me forward in life. Hmm. So can you remember one or two incidences where this shift happened? Shift of completely surrendering to the flow of the universe and you so confidently said that now I blindly believe in the universe and that everything that the universe, universe is doing for me is for my own good. There's nothing bad that's going to happen. Apparently, it might seem bad in the moment, but eventually it's good. So how did that faith got so strengthened? So a few things happened. Like um, I remember when Jack Canfield was coming to India 
mm-hmm. they had gone to a very big newspaper company for sponsorship and they had promised us a certain amount and then 10 days before the event where we had finalized everything they backed off like they just sent us a mail saying we won't be able to do this and i just remember sitting on this chair holding my head and going okay how am i supposed to deal with this and i asked myself that exact question what if this is not against me what if this is for me and i said but i can't see anything how this could be for me i'm mean, how am i going to organize 35 lakhs in the next 10 days and then that evening we may, i made a few calls to a few people i knew who were you know also as respectful of jack canfield plus had a personal relationship with me the next day this is under 24 hours i had 40 lakhs in my bank account to process and proceed wow yeah it was like i was just like you know and i just believe that because i didn't give in and give up it just happened so beautifully and now it's a story of everything like i found this lovely office but it didn't work out so there's a dhobi down the road you understand dhobi yes <laughs> so there's a dhobi down the road who helped me i wanted to be very close to my house because i wanted you know to be able to go back for lunch and all of that and he he was able to he just madam us house ka in that house there's a first floor tree and i was like oh that's perfect so you know just how the universe just starts to then work for you and every bad news is actually just a redirection and not a full stop mm. so now that i understand that i think i just whenever something wrong happens i just ask myself like where what is god trying to teach me or what do is what is it that i need to learn to get redirected because sometimes he completes our personality by throwing a you know obstacle and when we outgrow the obstacle we we become better selves and then he gives us whatever it's sometimes like how we tell our children we need to do this to get that so i feel like god does that with you know human beings hmm. but it's easy for us to say right now that hey you need to respond differently or you need to change your response but when we are in that moment when that bad thing is happening so for some people it may sound like complete crap because it's like because they've not experienced that because they've not practiced it so for someone like that who's listening and who's saying no my life is not working like this what do you say to them i say i'm so glad that you're willing to test it so mm. when i started out with this whole law of attraction i called it bullshit i was like everyone will be rich everyone will be driving a ferrari if this worked like you know how is that even possible correct and i remember reading the book the secret and in that book they said you should ask for what it is that you want so at that point i didn't know what to ask for so i said i want a 5 carat diamond ring and then it said you have to believe so i went to the store down the road from my house and chose the ring wore it enjoyed you know the whole process like i said you have to believe and then every day i would imagine you know holding it and everything and i was like wow i mean by the time the receive part came i have to tell you this is such an um, interesting story for me that my grandfather who had passed away 8 9 years ago had left some property for his grandchildren that went into litigation that month and each one was received a certain amount of money and i was able to afford i mean i must have had 2 3 lakhs in my bank account this ring was for 35 lakhs so i knew there's no coincidence that i can get this ring it had to be what i'm trying to achieve so at that point when i wore the ring and i actually went and bought it when the money came in 
I was just like in shock for a while. I was like, oh my God. But then I did say, you know, beginner's luck maybe. So let's do it on other things. And I kept on visualizing and everything. And then I realized if I didn't complain and if I didn't keep my vibration low and if I was not negative, things would happen much, much faster. So over time, of course, with practice, I have now reached a place where I feel like I've mastered it to the next level. But somebody starting out, I would highly encourage that, you know, first just go for things that you know are possible, but they're not coming. And then go for the bigger things. I think I went for too big too fast. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Try it out. If it doesn't work for you, you learn to tweak it. You can't sit on the bicycle the first day and go, you know what? Oh, it, it's not going straight and I'm going on falling means bicycle is wrong. Right. You have to give it that time to be able to practice it and realize that, oh, you have to get a few things right. And if you get those few things right, it is so easy that when once you can start driving the bicycle, you're like, I don't understand what the problem is. Hmm. So what are those few things that you say that from going... So what are those few things uh, that probably hinder that process of uh, attracting what we want? As per the law of attraction. So when I started to teach the law of attraction, I would notice that for some people it would work like magic and they would bring their vision board and go, Pooja, almost 99% is done. And I was like, whoa. And then some of them would come back and go, this doesn't work for me. Hmm. And I started to notice what it was in them that wasn't working for them. And one of the things I discovered was the law of vibration, which I will speak about again and again which is truly where you really don't believe God is for you, you know. So you are a very negative human being. You look grateful because you do, maybe you are, you know, in your prayers for those three minutes, you are grateful. But generally in life, you're not. So how to increase your vibration is by removing all negative sentences. When something goes wrong in my life, let's say I'm going in the car and an accident happens. My first prayer will be, oh, thank God it's the car. It's not me. That's my instant reaction now after practice. Normally what will be, you know what, it's so hot. There was so much traffic on top. I had the accident. You can't imagine what a bad day I'm having. You go there and God will make that right. So I think one of the key elements is to remove that, you know, I'm not saying be unrealistic. I'm not saying I'm going to start clapping, oh, accident and all that. Not you know, don't go crazy with that. I'm not saying that be positive. That's not. I'm saying be realistic. Which is first see what has happened. Oh, accident happened. Not a good thing. But okay. Could it have been worse? Yes. So what's the best scenario? How can I empower myself rather than disempower myself? Empowering is only the car got hurt or it was just a mild accident or at least no one else got hurt. Disempowering is, oh, I'm 15 minutes late for my appointment now, you know, and all of that. And that's where we normally go with our reactions. So that's very important. And commitment. The commitment muscle is a very important muscle when you want to do the law of attraction. I think one of the things people are not getting is that when you, set, when you say something and you don't mean it, your subconscious, God, universe, everything stops supporting you. So when somebody walks into my office, the first thing I tell them is stop committing. Not now let's start committing. I say, what all have you committed to that you haven't done? So if you're going on saying, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and go to the gym. 
to just stop it, leave it, put it in the dustbin. Because your mind doesn't believe you, your the universe doesn't believe you. It's not going to make it happen for you. So, like that, these are a few things that you know. If you work on your commitment muscle, if you understand how resistance works, so it's very important for you to understand that whenever you try to walk out of your comfort zone, there's an enemy, which is very, very prominent. It's called resistance. It's going to show up as doubt, fear, challenge, in some form or the other, in perfection, in trying to be controlling. When it shows up, how you speak to it in your head, it shows up in your head, right? So you should know how to speak to it. That no, I'm not going to give in or whatever. Not like start getting convinced. Oh, you know, actually this went wrong. Maybe God doesn't want me to do it. No, God was only testing you. Had you not left it, you would have achieved it. So you know things like that. So all of these points. So commitment muscle, learning to speak to resistance, working on raising your vibration in a realistic way. These are all various ways that if you get this right, law of attraction will be automatic. You won't need to do anything for it to happen to you. Right, because that's something which is already there. It's just that because of the commitments that we have not fulfilled, that we are resisting the flow. Hmm. It's self-sabotage. We come in the way of law of attraction. Correct. Correct. Hmm. In the couple of minutes that we have been talking, you've mentioned the word vibration a lot. And you mentioned to raise your vibration. So how does one raise your, our vibration? Super question. Um, so this is how I normally tend to explain vibration. I say, you know what? In our... Hindu culture, they say Parvati or Saraswati or somebody sitting on your tongue once a day. Where whatever you will say will come true. How I explain it is when the universe and you are crossing each other, once a day the universe and you cross each other. Let's say you are rotating. You know, you know everything is rotation. All atoms, neutrons, protons, everything. So you are rotating. Once a day you are crossing God. So whatever he hears you say, he makes it true for you. When you raise your vibration, instead of going once a day, you start to go many times a day. So that's basically what I mean by vibration, that we cross God like every hour. So that every hour you say something, something should come true. But for you to do that, to raise your vibration is basically vibration equals to emotions or feelings. So higher the feelings, higher the emotion, higher your vibration. If you can keep yourself, see our day starts in the morning and we're all pretty good, enthusiastic, motivated. By midday, so much has happened, we're all falling in vibration. You know, it's like that deal was supposed to happen, you just got a message, it's not going to be happening. Your child has fallen sick on a day when you needed to go somewhere. You know, something bank loan is not being passed. Some bad news, some bad news, some bad news and there we fall. So to keep it up, there are many ways. My favorite, of course, is gratitude. Where every morning I will sit down and write 30 things. I do 30, I recommend 3. So 3 things from the previous day. 3 to 5 things, what happened right. You're basically training your brain to start to look at the positive. You know? So I'm grateful to God for the beautiful food that was put on the table for dinner last night. I'm grateful to God, Puneet noticed the flowers in the room. I'm grateful to God, my son woke up on time. I'm grateful to God, and I'll just keep doing, keep doing, and my vibration will keep going up, you know. 
appreciating others is another way of raising your vibration you know just go around when you have a good thought about someone give it to them because in raising someone's vibration you cannot not raise yours so you raise someone else's vibration through any sort of help kind word appreciation and yours will automatically get raised you know working on your self esteem all the various ways of affirmations is a great way of working on your vibration so anything because our default mode is to fall our default mode of vibration is that by midday or by the evening we are quite thanda to where we have started so you want to make sure that you know every one or two hours you do something to pull that energy back up because i think nothing works better than in life than enthusiasm you walk into a party you're enthusiastic you will see magnetically you will attract people to you you have that energy where you're slouching and an i keep speaking to you like this for the next half an hour how many people will just plug off you know i mean so all of that makes it when you talked about affirmations there are many people who have tried affirmation but then they say that doesn't work so i'm sure you must have heard that argument maybe in your workshops in the one to one work that you do so how do you answer to that so if you don't believe what you're doing it's very difficult to help you know whatever it is you do whether it's vastu does vastu work i don't know i feel it works for some people it doesn't work for some people right do crystals work do gemstones work does predictions through nakshatra work i don't know all of them work and then all of them don't work affirmations is one more such thing it works when you believe in it there is a whole science to it but you have to understand that science i mean the fact that every single culture has mantras or repetition or hymns so there is something in the power of you know uh, saying things again and again so affirmations is just hmm. mantras if you believe in mantras you should believe in affirmations every tribe every religion believes in them so there must be something happening there it's just really conditioning so once you understand the science behind affirmations you blindly do it because someone told you to do it then i'm not sure if it's going to work but if you understand in vastu that the energy of the air and the water and everything makes a difference and how the you know when the air flows into your house a certain way and gets out in a certain way it purifies the home rather than blocking when the sunlight which side it's supposed to come from when you get the science that there was a time in the world when there was no electricity they had to manage the whole energy of the house through all of the natural resources that they had then vastu works but yeah can one door cause downfall in business i don't think so you know one wrong door or one wrong bathroom is going to cause entire entire life no but there is a science science to good energy so affirmations is just one more way so i would just say try it out and if you understand the science well enough it will start to work for you otherwise there are many you know if doctor doesn't work homeopathy will work homeopathy doesn't work reiki will work reiki doesn't work for you see the important point here is do you believe it works because i don't think i can help anybody who doesn't believe it's impossible you know so once you start to believe work on they say build your trust and once you trust then don't doubt 
So something like that, you know. Build your trust, take your time, experiment with what somebody is saying and if it starts to work for you, then go for it full, you know, full way. Fantastic. What are some of your favorite affirmations that you use on a daily basis? Uh, I'm an amazing wife, therefore I have an amazing life. <laughs> I love life. <laughs> amazing. I just like to have fun with my affirmations. I'm not, you know what, I've reached that place. It's like when you start driving right in the beginning, you need to really concentrate on the gear and on the steering wheel and on all the things that you need to do. But within a year or two, you can listen to music, have a conversation and not even realize what you did because you are so much on autopilot. Mm. I truly believe today that a lot of my law of attraction has gone into autopilot. So my way of now doing affirmations is just when I look at my vision board, I've written a few things and I just read themselves out to me. But I have fun with my affirmations. Again, it's all about feeling the feeling, you know. So if I want to talk about health, I will imagine myself in a sexy black sari in a party, you know. So it's more about visualizing it to a point where I start to feel that, you know, oh, wow, I'm looking so good. So it's, it's got connected to that. So now I feel like I've moved on from, but I will say I did it for at least seven years every single day before I have gone into this autopilot mode. So anyone starting out, don't start to, you know, you can't start having the music and the conversation when you're learning to drive. You need to give it that 100%. And now I just have fun with my affirmations. So I don't, I don't know if I have my favorite few, but I just, whatever... I'm desiring, I can sit in that space and get present and visualize it. And if you can visualize it, it will come to you. Is there a specific time that you recommend to visualize or you can just visualize every hour or every single, whenever you want? See, the lesser rules you put around these things, the better, mm. so that everyone can fit it into their own environment. Correct. I wake up early. My husband's a golfer. He, he wakes up at 4.30. So I'm awake by 5. Once you're awake at 5, if you are one of those early morning people, and I highly recommend it in the morning because the world is sleeping. So the thoughts are not crowded in the world. You know, by 7, 8 o'clock, people start to get up. Then a lot of frequencies, it's like radio frequency, you know. If you have 100 channels going on, there can be a lot of confusion. But if you have only one channel, then it's always simpler. God can hear you much faster, much louder. So I highly recommend at times when the world is sleeping, if you can do your affirmation visualization, that's great. But again, these are all advanced level tips. If you can just do affirmation and visualization, that's more than enough. Let's not go there for now, you know. It's like once you're in the gym, you just go to the gym every day. Now, once you're in the gym, how much kg to lift, we'll decide once you reach the gym. Right. Otherwise, telling someone to wake up at 5.30 who is used to waking up at 8.30 is going to karna. I don't want to do it. So, they will not even try. Absolutely. So, you're absolutely right when you say that. First, just get up and go to the gym and then think about the weights, then think about the specific exercises. You know, once things start to work hmm. for you, your own belief then starts to help you, you know, get remain motivated. Otherwise, 
somebody else telling you you're already trying to believe someone else in that you put a lot of rules like i just started swimming 15 days ago and you know everybody's like no no but you should try freestyle no no you should do this stroke this will be the most you need to do tabata in the pool and i'm just like you know for now for this month my only one agenda every single day i must get into the pool that's all that's important once i'm sure that i'm going to be getting into the pool like every single day i'll build it up then i'm willing to do water aerobics and whatever somebody is telling and try out what's going to work for me for now i'm just want to building i just want to build the habit so i think the bottom line of it all is start small mm, thank you yes very well and said you just put all of my information in one sentence yes and take this next tiny step that's possible for you and just taking those tiny steps on a daily basis and eventually the momentum will build up and then you will be able to do something big absolutely start tiny keep doing it build the muscle all of these things are muscles you know now when people look at me and go oh puja you are so positive no it's taken a lot of work you do gratitude thirty gratitude somebody asked michael phelps you know you got lucky you won eight medals or some big number lot of medals he won and he said you stay in the pool for eight hours a day every single day for the last 10 years you will get lucky so you know it's pretty much that now i don't look at the effort i just look at my consistency in everything in food see your consistency in gym see your consistency in affirmation see your consistency small but consistent I think you've underestimated consistent effort in our life. Right, consistent effort. Hmm. So there are times when we commit to something. We say, "Okay, from tomorrow or from today, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it happen." And we do it for two days. We do it for three days, and then something goes off. And from the fifth day, we're like, "Okay, that's fine. This doesn't work." So. how do we maintain that consistency in the effort so one of the things i say is whenever you're making any promise to yourself firstly give yourself one week of trial you know because you're very good at making big promises from tomorrow i am going to swim every morning from 6 to 700 laps you know it feels exciting and the first two days it actually happens it's only day 3 I don't want to get into the pool, you know. So I give myself that one week to say, okay, what is the adjustments? I just need to swim is what I finalized by the end of the week, you know. I just have to get in the pool. So the other day I got in the pool at nine thirty at night because I was like, I just don't want to miss it. The other thing I say, which can be sounding a little contrary to what normally consistency is all about, is eighty percent is hundred percent. So if I got into the pool twenty-eight days of the month, what was my number the previous month? Zero, and I'm still beating myself up for missing the four Sundays. That's what we do a lot of time. And then when I miss a Sunday, I go, I'll restart. No inconsistency. I highly recommend no restarting. There's only continuing. You missed two days. Big deal. Guess what? Life happens, and we have to build life into our life. So therefore, always, whenever doing something, if you've got an eighty percent, don't beat yourself up. That's when you need to praise yourself. And the world these days is so unforgiving. 
you know if i know i've been on a diet for 15 days or i've been following a good something and i do something wrong or i say immediately look at me like finished over it's nice it's only one day okay yeah okay it is a special day somebody's birthday it doesn't mean finish if i get 29 days out of the 30 i am not going to criticize myself and i'm not going to restart i'm totally okay with life happening it's a long term we don't think long term we are very short term thinking people it's a long term i want to make lifestyle changes i don't want to follow fad diets so i know in lifestyle change i cannot say i'll never have cake ever again till the last day of my life i'll balance it this is a fun way of doing thing it's like you allow uh, a little bit of uh mistakes but that's okay because instead of beating ourselves up for not following a particular thing for four days out of the entire month we should focus on again this is again being ultra negative that oh you didn't do for the four days but what about the other 26 days that you followed your diet okay vibrational game right so every time we beat ourselves up we're reducing our vibration if we reduce our vibration we are not going to have cheerleaders as the universe right and then the chances are we don't feel good about ourselves when we don't feel good about something we can't do it my only job when i enter the pool every day is oh my god this is heaven <laughs> this is what i tell myself i am the first 3 minutes are the hardest it's cold it's i don't want to get into the pool it's it's not comfortable but i am like this is so good wow the fact that i have a pool in my house the fact that i can swim oh my god and i keep on doing some sort of affirmations and now my brain is so automated in the last 15 days i enter the pool and i think of heaven because for 15 days every day i've entered the pool and thought of heaven okay. you know so amazing yeah. so pooja talk to me about uh, a particular or rather the most challenging uh, phase of your life and what is it that you learned out of it and how did you come out of it there are many challenging things that keep happening one of them that recently happened was i decided to um increase my business by 2-300% like i was like okay this year i'm going to go all out and i'm going to really you know play the game well and i'm going to do this i'm going to do that so one of the things i did was i removed all the joy without realizing so i said you know what on saturday nights no partying after 11 o'clock um you know my holidays i i go abroad once a month so i said now it's going to be once in 3 months i'm not going to be traveling the way i've been traveling it's been crazy so slowly slowly i was trying to follow discipline but what i did was i removed the good parts of my life so that i could focus on what i thought and within 4 months i actually touched my targets but i was not happy and i was like okay this is really silly because i should be right now feeling on top of the world i'm very emotional kind of person you must have realized by now so for me everything is through feeling and i'm like i'm not feeling good people are coming and congratulating me i've just launched my book jack jack canfield has you know done my book launch what should i be feeling shouldn't i be feeling like wow everything that i put on my vision board had come true this is in april right now we're in june and in april i'm going to my husband and saying Uh-uh. something's not working i don't know what and that's when you know i have a group of girls we call it a forum 
uh, like how you have masterminds very similar to that and i met them and i'm sitting there and i'm just like guys what am i doing wrong somebody help me and they were and then they asked some really good questions and i realized that i had just removed all the joy and i was pursuing business targets rather than my passion at which point i had left that and moved there i didn't even realize you know so sometimes you can just get so carried away with uh, so it was a great learning in the last two months i have gone from russia to egypt spent time with family i made a list of 11 things that really give me joy and i got all of those 11 things i worked on my health i worked on spending time with people i absolutely admire so and i am right now feeling my happiest so there's a very simple shift but you know the beauty of our work is that we can fall and get up really fast because we understand the minute we recognize we know how to fix it it just took me 4 5 months to recognize what was happening you know that was a bit of a challenge but that was the most recent challenge that i can share with you um yeah i i've not really had any real challenges up until now or maybe i don't look at my challenges as real challenges i don't know which is true that when the real challenge comes i am so used to saying something positive around it that it never feels you know? hmm. so i don't that's what it is you openly shared that you went to your forum and you seeked help there are many people who are afraid of seeking that help it, they, they feel that this might make me feel that 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 i'm weak that i'm i don't have it all together so what would you say to seeking help like what's your take on that it's very very important you just can't see your own blind spots so one of the sentences i kept saying in my forum is guys i'm a life coach how can i be depressed it's like a anti thing so it was it was very i was getting very nervous because i'm thinking i'm the best at this this is what i teach people how to keep your vibes up how can i feel so low how am i getting up in the morning and feeling so down and i can tell you we can help the world but we can't actually sometimes help ourselves you see all these pandit ji they can predict for others but they can't predict for themselves when they are going to die or when subjective information is very very hard and this is for i mean i have some of my clients who are multi billionaires running companies of the level that you know i can't even imagine having so so and i know that such a simple question i'll ask them and they'll be like oh wow puja how come you know because i know that they know how to ask the world the best question but when it comes to you you need to seek help and why not seek help in those topics from an expert so i am an outsourced person in my gym i have a really good trainer and i leave it all to the trainer you know i have a coach who coaches me on business every month so i am a believer of if somebody has already done the research and knows better hmm. just go to them no like it's so much smarter why are you trying to reinvent the wheel when somebody's already reached the place of creating automatic cars without drivers you know so i i truly believe that wherever you can seek help get all of your information don't seek help from one person sometimes i say seek help from three four people so that you can assimilate that information and see what's right for you because most people when they're giving you advice they're giving you what they would do if they were in your place but if you are not them 
So you have to sometimes find a little bit of feedback from different different people. So I'll ask my husband, why do you think I'm feeling like this? I'll ask my forum. I'll speak to my parents. What do you think I may be doing wrong? What are you seeing? And 60-70% of the time, the information you're getting can just be useless also. So you just put that away. Oh no, they don't get me. But sometimes someone will say something and you'll be like, oh my God, that's what, that's exactly what I need to hear. These are those light bulb moments that you have in your life and you're like, wow. And your trajectory from there always just changes forever, you know, because now you have this new information forever. Like they say, once you've seen something, you can't unsee it. Correct. So, so it works beautifully. So I highly, highly recommend that anybody who is thinking that they are supposed to have all the answers, um, you are just creating a very, very difficult situation for yourself in your life. Hmm. Because what other people can see, you actually sometimes can't see. Correct. Well, I also used to face the similar imposter syndrome where sometimes I would feel that, oh, I'm supposed to be the life coach and I'm supposed to have it all together and I don't have it. And I would do silly things to hide that. But guess what? People can see those things. And I, when I realized that I was laughing at my own foolishness that what was I doing? What was I thinking at that point of time? And then I even dropped that idea that, hey, I'm a life coach and I can have, I, I need to get it all together. And at that point of time, I felt a sudden relief. It's like something, some weights have been taken off my shoulders and it's okay. I'm also, I'm a human first. Life coaching is just my profession. It's just a tag, which I don't need to carry and put up. And, and I don't need to put up that mask on my face that, hey, I'm the life coach and I'm supposed to be happy all the time. No, it's okay. We can have our down moments, but as you rightly said, we can jump back really quickly. Absolutely. No, so well said. That's so true. I think every life coach goes through that moment in their life where they, where they need to differentiate between, you know, getting it perfect to just being able to help others. Yes. And sometimes we confuse the two that, you know, uh, so my favorite sentence is I'm in third grade. I can beat second grade. Somebody exactly. is fourth grade. I can learn from fourth grade. You know, I'm not professing, pretending or, you know, saying that I'm the best or I'm anything. I have my own struggles. I'm very good with, let's say, relationships and confidence building. But I may not be the best business coach. So I learn in business, you know. So yeah. I know there are things I'm already really good at and there are things I will struggle with. And every now and then, it's great actually to fall because you bounce back much better. I always say after a fight, you know, a patch up is even more beautiful. So sometimes in a relationship, if there's no fight, there's no fun. So it's good to fight and then really, you know, let allow the man to just like pamper you for the next three days and enjoy that whole process, brings new energy or you can pamper him in case you're the one who's that types. So every now and then, I think even a life coach must fall to get a reality check. And you then get more compassionate towards people who are not vibrating at the level you're vibrating at. So whenever I fall, I'm like, okay, so this is how it feels to just so when you're giving advice, don't sit up there and try to tell them, why can't you come up? You know, go down to that level and see why can't they come up and hold their hand and give them what they need and bring them up with you. That's when you're really a good coach. Yes, yes, absolutely. I was going to say the same thing that uh, there was a time when I would just give advice, but then when I hit that spot, I realized that, oh, this is exactly what it feels like. And that advice was complete crap. 
it was not the thing that I, sh I should have said to that person. But now I realize and this is what I need to do. So yes, there is a learning lesson in that as well. When you even when you hit the lowest point in your life. So, so absolutely. Great. So Pooja, what are you curious about right now? And what are you learning personally? Currently, I'm working a lot on my fitness. That's one area of my life that I haven't given the importance that it deserves. I've always believed in health and healthy I am. But, you know, I would now, I'm in 11 months, I touch my 40th birthday and I have a vision for myself for my 40th birthday on how I want to look. So it's been very interesting to build consistent habits in health for me right now. Uh, I have just got into something called intermittent fasting. Um, watched a lot of videos, following you, Putino, a great guy. So just this whole how to do intermittent fasting, dry fasting, and just, you know, what a, what a good amount of food to eat and what's nutritious because I just can't do fat diets. And I'm not one who cares about weight too much, two kilos here, two kilos there, I can't be bothered. But I want to be strong, you know. I want to, I mean, I have a mother-in-law in my house. She's 65 years old and she can lift 45 kilos of dead weight. She can do six pull-ups. This is 65-year-old woman. I mean, she's just an inspiration to have in the house. And then all the three sons, her three sons, one is fitter than the other. So I live in a house where every single person is all about fitness and strength and, you know, the, I mean, their bodies are their temples. So I believe that I need to get onto that bandwagon. I have for a very long time said things like, you know, the more of me is good because... I am good, so the world gets to enjoy more of me. Or, you know, these kind of sentences where I make it funny, but, you know, live behind it. It's all right. I'm healthy. How does it matter? You know, I'm not that vain. So we keep saying things to ourselves and where then we don't do what we need to do because we convince ourselves that it's okay. I don't have any health issues, so how does it matter? But now I feel like touching 40 health issues will start to come if I don't do something. So I just want to wake myself up before... God tries to wake me up because I always say we make our lives hard. God makes our lives easy. If we keep our lives easy, God makes our life hard. So you yes. know, so I'm currently a little bit into all of that. So I'm really enjoying my entire morning routine that I've built for myself and um, just enjoying how my body is reacting to all the new experiments that I'm doing to it. Just getting in touch with the whispers because I kind of like a little bit gone away from that. So. And everything else in life, I have worked very hard on. You know, all my relationships, I've worked very hard on. Uh, my travel, something that I really enjoy, I work very hard on. So while everything else felt like it's very much a 9 on 10 or a 10 on 10, every time it came to weight and the way I look, I would always give myself a 7 on 10. So now I feel like I want to take that also a 9. Why am I, you know, when I keep talking about we have to live our best life or, you know, our highest potential. Then I myself have to first do that. So that's where I'm mm -hmm. right now curious and interested and enjoying. So if on my 40th birthday I'm looking super hot, please don't forget to give credit to my one year of hard work. Absolutely. I would maybe we can do another episode then about how you did it and what is it that you learned during that oh, process. That would be lovely. Yes, absolutely. I would love that. Mm -hmm. So while you were describing about your journey and what you're learning about health, you mentioned one thing in which is environment. Can you talk to me about what role does the environment play? Both the, the external environment, the environment in which we live in and the internal environment which you have in our head. 
So can you can you throw some light on that subject? So one of the sentences I once heard was, "Your willpower can never outbeat your environment because you need willpower." Let's say I put mithai or some sweet dessert in front of you every day. So one day you will your willpower will beat it. Second day your willpower beat it. Third day there will come a day. Seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, where you'll be like, you know, one bite is not going to make any difference, and it's going to start with that one bite, and then you will start to deteriorate, and then one day the whole cake will be in your lap, you know. So always you want to design your environment that supports you. When people say, you know, I've not been eating my vitamins, I say, where are the vitamins? Because if they are in the drawer or inside some cupboard, you are not going to have them. You are not going to remember it on a daily basis. The rule in my house is the staff will put the vitamins in a plate, the three tablets that I need to have in case you're on cod liver oil or vitamin C or whatever your doctor is recommended. I have to take vitamin D. That's a deficiency that's right now running in India supposedly. So it comes to me. What are the chances I will eat them if they come to me, unwrapped in a katori with my glass of water? Much higher than. I'm not saying everybody needs to be serviced. I'm only saying create whatever it is that you need to get done. See, every everything. If you leave it to willpower, eventually it only be, needs to beat you once. Hmm. You know. So every single day, every single day, I have to beat my environment. So that's why you want to make sure that your environment serves you in every way, in everything that you want to achieve. Think of how can my environment serve me. So I have a habit tracker that every morning I like to tick all the things I've done when I've done them in the morning. Where I keep that is very important. Um, don't open social media till 8 a.m. So if I'm waking up at 4:30 and I land up opening social media by let's say 5:36, from 6 to 8 I can sit on that sofa and watch YouTube videos or you know. Things, Candy Crush, or whatever I want to, whatever my distractions are, and suddenly at eight o'clock I'm running late for the day. While I woke up at four thirty, so I know now I need to keep my phone away till I decide to get onto it, or you know detox. And so you'll have to create those kind of things. Now if my phone is there and I don't have anything to do, and then I'm like I won't open social media. So what? You're gonna sit like this and not open social media? Like. <laughs> No, you have to know what you need to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. So very, very important. The external environment as well as the internal environment. And the beauty is, you can fix your internal environment, and your external environment can get fixed. And you can fix your external environment, and your internal environment can get fixed. You know. I mean, if you just go to someone's house and you see clutter everywhere, you know what the mindset of that person is. Hmm. they tend to accumulate a lot of stuff so what will be their emotional uh, you know kind of personality it will be where there will be a lot of layers they are holding on to too much that's hmm. happened to them these are the kind of people who say in 1986 she did this and 1988 she did that and in 1999 she did and they'll just give you like you know all the facts because they've collected so many facts so you hmm. want to learn to declutter in your environment in your head you know cleaning out Or if you can do it on a daily basis, nothing like it. Because every day, like in the garden, the weeds grow. So you want to pluck out the weeds and put them away on a daily basis if you can. Right. Hmm. 
in our environments all of us have one or two people who press our buttons the most right like let's say for a wife it could be a mother in law or maybe someone else for whether you're in office whether you're at home we always have one or two people whom we can't get rid of right we cannot just say okay i'd say i'm not going to talk to you well they are in your environment and you very much have to live with them so what would you say to a person who is living in that sort of an environment who cannot leave the other person what change does he or she needs to make so that something starts changing so the first thing i say is that first we have to start to look at these people a little with a different lens what i'm trying to say here is that when we keep thinking of them as irritants they will remain irritants mm. so what i always say is that when god puts someone in my environment that i need to grow to overcome then that person cannot be a bad person that person was put in my life so that i grow as a human being the basic journey of a soul is to grow right so how do we grow we don't grow through good things we only grow through hardships hmm. and they say karmically that those who we owe will come back into our lives so you know i always say you owe your mother in law and if you even whether you believe it or not if you just believe it for the sake of empowerment then it becomes easier what if i'm only supposed to give to my mother in law then the thought is so much easier that i can take from the rest of the world but to this one woman maybe in my previous work i did something really bad and now she is on revenge mode you know so i must learn to give to her to her i from her i will not expect you know just makes it easier so what we tell ourselves about these people is very very important any time i see someone hurting me i always use that sentence jack taught us hurt people hurt people yes it's such a powerful sentence and it always goes on to say if they knew better they would do better hmm. you know you need to go to the gym you need to exercise to look after yourself does that mean that you'll do it when Not you can't control your own self there hmm. you're trying to control someone else or how they should be they will be the way their experiences have been So I think just being a lot more forgiving towards these people. I, whenever I see someone who's totally a person, I would judge. You know, uh, when I meet people who are very closed-minded or petty or you know that category that I don't really can associate with because I think I'm a very large-hearted person. So first, I have to reduce this thing where I think I'm superior. Okay, they were created by God that way for a certain reason that works for their life. So first, I remove that you know I'm better than. Then I start to say, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this person? Why is this person annoying me? What mm. about them is annoying me? You know. And then when I ask myself those questions, then I get over with the answer, or you know, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that I'm just supposed to learn patience. Maybe I'm just supposed to learn how to respect a different way. because i started to believe too strongly that only my way is the right way hmm. maybe i'm just learn supposed to learn humility because i'm flying too high you know so i don't know what i'm supposed to learn
but I just didn't get to learn. Like I can tell you, my mom-in-law is the most sacrificing, giving person I know. She's very, very giving. Okay. Sometimes I feel like she overgives. You know, when she looks at me, what she must be thinking? You know, that she's such a selfish woman for her own children. She's not willing to give the best seat. But my experiences have told me that when the mother of the house keeps giving, she starts to get treated a certain way. First, my mother used to give us the hot rotis. Now we don't ask her. We expect her to take the cold roti. We just take the hot roti. So who trained us into mistreating her? She herself. Right? So I come from this thought, let's say. My mother-in-law comes from that selfless thought that, you know what, for children, there is no measuring. There's no teaching. How they treat doesn't matter. How we love is all that matters. Let's say she's coming from that place. So then when they want their statues built or when they want to, they, they feel like no one's acknowledging them, I tell them, see, you brought it upon yourself. No one's appreciating then you will realize I said, I'm not willing to die to know how good I was. I want people to know how good I was while I was on earth. So you start to then give, you know, so I understand where she's coming from. I understand where I'm coming from. The more you can understand where the other person is coming from, the easier it becomes to forgive them. Hmm. We take everything so personally. Nobody is doing anything to us. They're just doing things for themselves. In doing that, if they've landed up hurting you, you're just making it very personal. You know, oh, she came late for my party. She didn't need to come. She was just getting ready. <laughs> Anybody's party, she would have been late. She never comes on time for any of my parties. You know, she's so rude. Da, 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 da. Why? Why all that added extra baggage story that we keep? Forgive that person. You know she's like that. She's like that with her own husband, own children, own parents. What? You're something special. So see how you can, you know, tell people how you can actually create a story that works for you with them rather than against them. Hmm. I think what you're trying to say is instead of zooming into the problem, you zoom out and look at the bigger picture and see where that person fits into that and don't give too much importance to the other person. Because when you give too much importance, you're empowering them rather than you getting you being empowered yourself. Very beautifully summed up. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Don't give the remote in there and for your emotions. No Correct. one is supposed to make you happy. No one. Not your husband, not your children, not, you know, Keep your happiness in charge as yourself. Hmm. And whatever the others are doing, okay, if it gives you pleasure, great. If it doesn't give you pleasure, agree to disagree. It's okay. Hmm. You know, my husband decided that yesterday, Sunday, that to, to spend the whole day watching TV. He wasn't doing anything against me. Oh, he didn't spend time with me. Oh, he didn't do that. You know, all those thoughts come. And then I'm like, you know what? Poor thing, he works six days a week, full day, then does duty for you, then does duty for the children. One day if he needs for himself, can I not give him that? And it's not like he does it every Sunday. Once in a while, one of those Sundays that he wants to chill. Can't he? Because we women get that, right? We come back home, we get two hours before the husband comes home. But he doesn't get He immediately comes in and he has to give some sort of duty. And if he loves it, that's great. And if he doesn't, he still has to. So, you know, how? what, what do I want to tell myself is the question. And a lot of that we're telling ourselves stories which are so not true. He doesn't love me any less just because he watched TV the whole day yesterday. But it's something I have come to learn. The first five years of my marriage,
Anit, I was willing to keep on diary. Where if he didn't come at eight o'clock, he came at eight fifteen. I would say you're late. Fine. Every day you're late. So I was one of those very dirty, nagging wives. God bless him. He tolerated me then. Now he's enjoying the fruits of a good wife. Well, I'm sure with your energy, it must have been tough for Puneet for the because you're so. I think you are so. Whatever you do, you're all in. That is what your personality is, and that that's what you are doing right now in this interview as well. So, if the one who's listening to it, it's like you're going to get in their ear and you're going to say them that okay, you're supposed to do this. Don't you understand why are you do, making these stupid mistakes? Right. It's very passionate. Yes. So yes. yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, he had it hard. फर्स्टर्स Had a fight. It took me 48 hours to recover. Now I can recover in 15 minutes. I'm not going to spoil my day, my mood, my life just because we've had an argument. But it takes time. It takes time. And now I'm 20 years married. First five years are very different. I would make my life hell, and I would make his life hell. If I'm not happy, he can't be happy. Today, all of that has changed. <laughs> and you know, I'm talking about normal marriages. I mean, we've all done that. At, some point like you know hurt people hurt people correct correct and i think if we so this is for the listeners if you're listening to this this means that pooja is where she is because of all that she's been through it's not just suddenly one day she popped up and she became this positive amazing enthusiastic energetic passionate person it's because she's seen that uh, downfall and she's been there she's lived there for 5 years as she's describing it and then she decided one day that enough is enough i'm not going to live like this and i'm going to take take charge and i'm going to change something and then this happened so if you are going through a tough time right now remember that hurt people hurt people so you are making your your life hell but also you're making the people who are around you live in that zone so as she rightly said take charge and seek help because if you could have helped yourself you would have done it by now hmm interesting so pooja imagine that you have been given the broadcast rights for the entire world so every screen that exists in the world right now whether it's a cell phone screen whether it's laptop whether it's the big screens you have 5 minutes to share a message with the world what would your message be imagine that this is like your uh this is your time what would you share with the world which would empower them and let's say people would only listen to these 5 minutes what is it that you'd like to say that will start changing their life and create that positive impact in their life wow i feel like i have to give some very profound answer to that i'm not sure if i have that kind of an answer but yeah i can tell you what i do in my life and you know see whether that works for you again i don't i don't believe in like one answer can fit everybody if there was a one fit all answer then we all would be living 
a robotic life. Um, but my message to everyone is definitely become in charge of your own feelings. I mean, that's something that I really talk a lot about. I feel like a lot of us have given away our power to others. And we're allowing others to, you know, say things to us and then we get so affected that we totally get derailed from what we were supposed to do and we keep, there's a lot of, you know, because of economy, because of heat, because of Modi, because of, you know, all the outside things, we are thinking we are not able to do whatever, you know, if I, if only I had not little children, if only I had not gotten married, if only I was living in a certain country, if only I had those resources. So all of that makes a lot of difference. Where are we putting our blame? Take your power back in your life. You know, whatever, wherever you are putting the blame, that's not true because someone, someone is actually able to do it despite of that same reason. Hmm. Find that person in your mind, start to build, um, you know, a thought process where you're like, okay, but I know someone who has 14 children. It seems Leo Tolstoy or someone had 14 children and he used to live in the house and write books. And we talk about, you know, I always say, if I, whenever I was wanting to write, I was like, I want to go to Abu Dhabi, check into some golf course for seven days and, you know, write my book while my husband plays golf. Now, you're not going to have that best option most of the time. Plan B is sometimes your best option. So to keep complaining about your best option and then keep doing it, you're just reducing who you are. So I think my message would definitely be that, you know what, become in charge of your own life, of your own emotions, of, you know, learning how to deal with, don't blame someone. You are as much to blame because you've either created it or allowed it to happen. Like Jack always said, you've either created, so if I got into a fight with Kuni, my husband, and I'm blaming him, I need to ask myself, what role am I playing? Especially if you can discover patterns in your life, you know, that this always happens to me. This can never do, never and always, these are always things you can see, you know, you can, you can look at, oh my God, I thought, why is this always happening to me? That means you're playing some role, you know. Some people just keep getting angry, angry, angry. We call them only like, some people keep losing their job. Some people keep misplacing their jewelry. Some people, they're doing something wrong. You need to review it. You can't keep saying, you know, my staff is always stealing. You have to come up with a better plan if that's your problem. So taking control and becoming in charge of your life would be my number one message. And which is why I guess my company is called Life by Design. That's truly what Life by Design stands for. That design your own life. Stop being someone else's design plan. Hmm. So make, make your own life your own. Do whatever it takes. And it takes some time. From the time you start, it's at least a 90-day process to even just get control back. The reason I wanted to be financial, financially free was not because I needed more money. Fortunately, by the grace of God, I've married into a good family. But how do you design your life if you have no control over the fuel of your car? Life being car, fuel being money. You can't then because if somebody else is going to put the fuel, then he can only decide how far you can go. You want to go to very, very far place, you need more fuel, then how will you? So all of those things, so you need to see what in your life do you want to be in control of and then start to design your life towards that. Where, okay, I want to be this way. 
you know i remember at one point i wanted to turn more elegant i have a lot of uh, bubbly energy in me as you can clearly see so i wanted to turn elegant i remember putting elegant on my bathroom mirror for one year and every day looking at that word and going okay how would an elegant woman brush her teeth how would an elegant woman comb her hair how would an elegant woman you know it was very conscious lot of effort lot of practice all of whatever you want to achieve in life the reason you are attracted to it is because the seed is there inside of you but you haven't done what it needed to be done for it to become yours so whenever you are admiring someone know that that quality is also in you if you are admiring someone for their honesty know that you are also deep down have that seed of honesty which is why you will admire you just have to build it now so instead of saying it's 335 when it's 330 when it's 335 start becoming honest in every sentence that you say you know i am a punjabi from delhi i used to love exaggerating i would come back from a party and they i got a million compliments and he like how many in real i said three <laughs> <laughs> okay so you know everything was an exaggeration because i would love to tell stories in an exaggerated manner but when i decided to become a life coach i realized you know what this over work people are not going to trust you if you keep exaggerating they don't know how much to minus from your story just to make the story interesting so then okay all of these things we've had to relearn so take the remote back in your hand and become in charge of whatever your life is supposed to look like so that at the end of your life whatever it is at least you can say i did it you know not someone else did it to me so you will die with no regrets whether you passed failed successful not successful at least you'll have no regrets i'm sure we all want to die with no regrets yes hmm amazing so puja uh, please feel free to share where people can find more about you where they can connect with you and if you have a gift for our listeners if you if you feel like giving something then please feel free so that you know people can get something of course they got to get the interview but if you feel like giving something then it's just coming to me so you can just share it i mean the website is there poojapuneet.com pooja is spelled with a u so b u j a p u n w e t um so that's there of course my facebook page pooja kapoor gupta and pooja puneet is there instagram pooja kapoor gupta is there so yeah just look me up um, as far as a gift is concerned i have not thought of anything I would love to give something. Uh, I have beautiful gratitude books at Life by Design. So, in case um, the first five people to get in touch with me in any way through this podcast is most welcome. Then I will courier the gratitude book, and the book and the courier both will be afforded by me. So, awesome! Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Get in touch. Thank you so much for the. Beautiful gratitude book that I'd love to give out, and uh, it's really made well with good quality paper and everything. And and I highly encourage people to do gratitude, which is the reason I want. I mean, if you heard this podcast and if you've understood what I've said, that's great. But if you've not understood anything, but you only start to do gratitude because of this podcast, I can tell you this one hour was worth the time, effort, energy. Just start doing gratitude. It is a miracle, life-changing exercise. wonderful thank you so much pooja i think it was an hour well spent well invested thank you so much pooja for doing this thank you for investing your time and energy with us i'm sure people will benefit a lot 
out of the podcast that we've done. I have immensely been benefited. I'm sure I'm going to make my wife listen to it five times. She's just right here next to me. And uh, she will also benefit. And every other person who will listen to it will surely be benefited. So thank you so much for sharing your life experience so openly with me and with our listeners. And also, this is going to give a lot of people courage to share and own their story. That no matter where they are, it's okay. It's okay to seek help. And you can take charge and design design your life. Or you can live a life by design. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Goodbye. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please leave a 5-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you know someone inspiring and successful, please pass them on to me. I'd love to interview them and share their story. If you want to get coached to create the life of your dreams, connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Yayati Desai. That is Y-A-Y-A-T-I-D-E-S-A-I. You can also connect with me on my website at yayatidesai.com. Thanks once again for listening. Until next time, do something awesome.